0: We're we'll turning your Bibles to Revelation chapter eight, we're continuing, of course, our study of the book of Revelation, beginning, uh, beginning basically in chapter six through nineteen. It's that time period in which that uh, the bad stuff is really happening on the face of the earth. It's the details of that seven-year time period. John has been taken up to heaven. He was on the island of Patmos, and then God has taken him up to heaven and is showing him the end-time events. He sees judgment and restoration as God brings about the tribulation. As we looked in chapter six. We really saw the overview of the whole tribulation. It started with peace and then it was war and there's famine and killing and death, all these physical signs and then return to Jesus Christ. And we said this, that if you want to be able to put together the, the t- tribulation, if you just go to chapter six, it has basically those six seals, and the seventh seal ends with, we'll see that one this morning. But that takes us through the tribulation time period. I, I mentioned in the first service, if you really said, How can I get a, like, just a big overview of the tribulation? You can go to Matthew chapter 24 or Revelation chapter six, and you can put together that flow. And so in chapter six, we saw all of those different things. There was, uh, let me just remind you, this is, this is where we are. Jesus died and rose again, paying for sin, Right on the cross, paying for sin, rose again, conquering death, sent him back into heaven. Where the church age. The next event shall be the rapture. That's Harpazo in the Greek that will be taken off the face of the earth. Then sometime after we're taken off the face of the earth, the man by the name of, that we call him the Antichrist, he's called the beast that rises from the sea. He makes a peace pact with the nation of Israel and that's for seven years. We know that halfway through he breaks the peace pact and that time period, that seven year time period is what we're calling the tribulation. Uh, two parts to it. The first part's called the Tribulation. The second part, the last three and a half years, it's called the Great Tribulation. Revelation chapter 6 gave us the overview of everything in there. We're going to see some other things. We know that Jesus then comes back uh, as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, sets up a kingdom, rules for a thousand years. Great white throne judgment, then on eternity. We'll go more of that later on. But that's what we've been seeing. And so last time we saw in chapter 7, sort of a little break, an interval, where that God showed where he, he set aside 144,000 Jewish people to evangelize during the tribulation. The best that we can tell, I think they take place. So this happens at the very first, first part of the first three and a half years. And so uh, we'll we'll see that God gives the responsibility to these Jewish people to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. They believe in Christ for eternal life and they proclaim that message. This morning we're going to see the last of the seal judgments and we're going to start seeing the seven trumpet judgments. You know, the book of Revelation is full of sevens. We saw it at the very start when we did a big overview of the book, but seven seals seven trumpets, seven bowls, seven people, seven last things. There's just so much in there, and we'll see it as we go through it. And, and there's a lot there. So this morning, chapter 8, let me remind you, most of you or many of you have probably heard of the, of the book, The Screwtate Letters, written by C.S. Lewis. It's, it's really a story of a, of a, a demon. Uh, a an ant- deep fallen angel and it's through the eyes of this fallen angel. He's a young angel and he's being trained by an, an older demon and the whole purpose is how to keep a certain man from ever believing in Jesus Christ and then after he believes in Christ then how to stop him from growing and that it just so happens that this young angel's name is Wormwood and of course Wormwood fa- is found in the Bible. It's found in Old Testament and New Testament. The word really Wormwood goes back to a tree, a little tree that is bitter and sometimes even poisonous and so when you hear the word Wormwood uh, for, for the book of Revelation, it would be something that's poisonous or something that's very bitter. Well, this morning, we're going to see... Yeah, the wormwood in the book of Revelation. Wormwood is the name of a, a star or something that comes down out of heaven. And we'll see how that ties together. <clears throat> so fall, the wormwood falls into the rivers and makes them bitter and people drink it and they die. And so we're going to see it. So here's what we've seen that, that we saw the six seals, which is the basic the overview of the tribulation. And we're about to see the seventh seal. And then following that, we'll see uh, the, uh, the the trumpet judgments. We saw the 144 Jewish people being set apart to fulfill their ministry, they are sealed by God, they're protected by God, and they proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. Let me remind you of something. This is just, and and don't really look so much up here. This is that seven-year time period, which is called Daniel's 70th week. But this is the tribulation. It lasts for seven years. At the very start of the tribulation, there's a peace pact made with the man of sin, the Antichrist. He's called the beast that comes up out of the sea. He makes it with the nation of Israel, but starts the tribulation. It's found in Daniel 9, 27. He starts this. We think at the very start, there's, there's peace, then war, then famine, then death. We think that in the first part, the 144,000 are raised up to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. There's all kinds of things. There's war and big things. And then halfway through this Antichrist, Christ, breaks his covenant, puts an idol up in the temple and claims to be God and claims to be worship, wants to be worshiped. He puts this idol up in the temple. And I think it's some kind of AI thing because it's an idol that moves and talks and demands to be worshiped. And so we'll see that as we get to it a little bit later on, that he puts the idol up. He claims to be God. You have to take the mark of the beast in order to survive. Many people who are believers run for their lives. They're all killed. And so this second part of the of great tribulation is is horrible in fact, the Bible says it's the worst time it's ever been and ever will be. Uh, we also think that there are two witnesses raised up by God. The best that I can tell is I look at the book of Revelation, I think the two witnesses come after this and they are in front of the temple uh, that's been rebuilt, and they proclaim and witness for Jesus Christ. We're going to see that they get killed, and then what happens to them. And then, of course, at the end of the, final, of the final three and a half years, called the Great Tribulation, Jesus Christ comes back. And so that's what we've been seeing. And we saw the 144,000 last week sealed by God, and so ready to go. We ended, and, and we said that, Now, we're going to break that because there's been this sort of this interval. And now we're going to see the seventh seal. Remember, the six seals really put together the whole tribulation. We're now going to see the seventh seal. Look at chapter 8, verse 1. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal, and of course, the Lamb is Jesus Christ. Remember, let me just remind you that when John got up there, he saw this throne. And he saw uh, one sitting on the throne, that was the father. And then he saw uh, 24 elders around the throne. And then we saw these four living creatures that were angels and had all kind of wings and faces and all kind of different things. And then he saw the lamb come. That's Jesus who took the scroll and was able to open the seven seal thing. And so that's where we are. And it says, then the lamb broke the seven seal. He breaks the last seal. There was silence in heaven for about half an hour. I mean, that is, it's a strange thing because when he breaks the seal, there's silence. And you say, well, what's the big deal about silence? Well, if you remember already in chapters 4 and 5, what did we hear? There was thunder and lightning and great sounds. And we saw the singing and the praise and the worship of God on the throne and Jesus Christ as the Lamb. And so there's so much going on and then all of a sudden it stops. Everything's quiet. There was silence. And this is silence right now before Jesus comes back. Remember, this is the end. That this is the last of those seven seals, and the six seals take us through the tribulation, and this is the very end. Jesus is about to come back, and we say this. So, some people raise the question, why the silence? Some say they're waiting for the prayers of the saints because we're going to see prayers going up in just a second. Others say there's a break, just a, like expectation, something's about to come. And then others say there's even grace that God gives before the judgment. I remember Charles Ryrie writes that the stillness is so intense it can be felt. It's like all of a sudden there's just nothing and, and everybody's just waiting what's going to happen next. Well, here's what John sees. I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. Now, John is up there, and he's been seeing all of this stuff. And so what does he see? John sees seven angels before God with seven trumpets. Now, this says this. It says, I saw the seven angels. Well, what seven angels? We've already seen that there is God on the throne, Jesus Christ, the seven spirits of the Holy Spirit, 24 elders, four angels, and then behind them were millions of angels that we've already seen. That's what John has seen. Well, all of a sudden there is, it says, the seven angels. We don't know who they are, but seven angels come forward, basically, and seven trumpets were given to them. This is somebody's drawing of what they thought that it might look like. So God has these angels who serve him. We'll talk more about serving in just a second, but they are given trumpets. Now, trumpets are big, okay? Trumpets are used all over the Bible. The giving of the law. If you remember that when the nation of Israel came to Mount Sinai and Mount Horab, they were at the base of the mountain, and suddenly there was thunder and lightning, and then trumpet sound, and it got louder and louder and louder. It was so loud that people were going, oh my gracious, what is it? That was the trumpet that God is coming to make his presence known to meet with Moses right before the giving of the law. And then that the rapture, it says there'll be the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. So there's going to be a trumpet when we get taken off the face of the earth. Uh, when the nation was gathering for the people, for uh, getting ready to go to war or something, they, they blew a trumpet. On the first day of the seventh month, which is the new year, it was called the Feast of Trumpets. They blew a trumpet. And at the second coming, of jesus christ when he comes as the king of kings and the lord of lords there'll be a trumpet sound so trumpets are big in the bible especially for the nation of israel and and how god does it and so he said i saw seven angels who stand before god and seven trumpets were given to them and then before they blow the trumpet something happens notice another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. Now, he's standing there, and he sees an angel come, and the angel has a golden censer. Now, a censer was like a bowl, like a, a bowl, and it had incense in it, and it was, on, it was burning, and smoke was going up, and it is a picture of the prayers. In fact, it goes on to say, he had this golden censer and much incense was given to him so that it would add to the prayers of the saints. So this is like he's got, he's holding, this angel's holding this bowl and the smoke is going up from the incense and it's pictures of the prayers of the saints. That's what it really is. Now let me show you something. If you remember, this is the tabernacle that the temple was built a lot like this, but this was the tabernacle that Moses had. You may not understand this or may not have ever thought about this. The tabernacle on the earth had an altar and a place to wash, lampstands, table to show bread, a place of incense, an altar of incense. The veil separated the front room from the back and then the Ark of the Covenant. We've already seen in the book of Revelation that there is an ark there. There is an altar there. there is a temple there there are all these things there and now we see that there is this this incense there is this a golden censer that has uh has basically the prayers of the saints and now here's something that you may not have ever realized that this tabernacle which moses made now if you remember when they came out of egypt they got to mount sinai and god gave them the law and he gave them this tabernacle in which they would offer sacrifices and wash and everything represented jesus christ you may not realize this but this tabernacle was patterned after a tabernacle in the heavenly places. God told Moses, you make this tabernacle like the one you see in heaven. And so what we're seeing in the, God, in the book of Revelation, we're seeing the one in heaven. Now, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And what I want to show you is something that you may have never realized. On the Day of Atonement on this earthly tabernacle made with hands. I'm saying that on purpose, and you'll see why in just a second. The high priest would go into this back room. He could not go back. Nobody could go back behind that veil to where the ark was except the high priest, and only one day a year, and that's on the day, uh, the Yom Kippur, the day of covering, the day of atonement. He would go back there, and he would take the blood of bulls and goats and cover the sin of the nation of Israel. Now, what we may not realize is that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he took his blood into the tabernacle in the heavenly places and poured out his blood as the payment for our sins. Now, just listen to this. You don't have to turn there. This is Hebrews chapter 9. Listen to this. But Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come. He entered through a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, not of this creation. Jesus went to a tabernacle, not on the earth, and it goes on to say, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place, once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Do you realize that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid for our sins, sometime, we don't know when, He went into the heavenly places and poured out his blood on that ark that's in that place. Because we've already seen the ark. He's mentioned it. He's talked about the altar. He's talked about the temple. He's talked about uh, the incense. So we've seen that. Now, let me just throw this out just just for you to think about. When could Jesus have taken his blood into the tabernacle into heaven? I'm going to give you some things. It could be while he's on the cross. While he's dying on the cross, it could have been somehow he took it up there. It could have been when he died and for three days and three nights he was in the heart of the earth. He could have taken it then. It could have been when he walked on the earth for 40 days before he ascended to heaven. Sometime in that he could have. It could be that when he ascended to heaven after the 40th day that he did it then. The Bible never tells us when it happened. But we know this. And so here is John seeing the golden incense. And he's already seen the temple. He's already seen the altar. He's already seen the ark. He's already seen these things. And so all we know here is that he looked and he saw this golden censer, and it was the prayers of the saints, and the smoke of the incense was going up before uh, before God. It went up to God out of the angel's hand. And so what we understand that, uh, what, what, by the way, uh, what were they praying? Because it says that they were praying the prayers of the saints. What were they praying? Dr. Toussaint, who was one of my professors at Dallas Seminary, he said he said this, you know, he said they could have been praying Matthew 6, which is thy kingdom come, thy will be done, you know, or they could have been praying what we saw back in Revelation chapter 6, where they were praying for revenge. How long, Lord, before you judge these bad people? We just don't know. But in chapter 4, uh, God hears our prayers. Now, we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But there's one thing about it. You can offer your prayers up to God anytime, any place, anywhere, about anything. He hears it. He answers every prayer. You may say, well, he doesn't answer my prayers. Well, it may be no. See, sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes the answer is no, and sometimes the answer is wait. But God answers prayer. And we're going to see more about it a little bit later. But anyway, so here's what we got. Uh, the angel then, look what he did in verse 5. The angel took the censer, filled it with the fire of the altar threw it to the earth." and there followed peals of thunder, and sounds, and flashes of lightning, and an earthquake, and so it's now ready for the judgment, and it's coming, and this judgment is about to happen, and here's what I think the best I can tell, that God's judgment is coming, and this judgment most likely takes place in the second half of the tribulation. I think chapter six takes us the whole tribulation, but I think this one is going to take us the second half. Uh, Let me tell you, we talked about Dr. Constable, how he looked at it, and, and I think this is a good Way that I think the seven seals go the whole uh, tribulation. I think the seven trumpets start about halfway and go through the end. I think the seven bold judgments start somewhere in there and take us to the end. Here's amazing at the end of the seal judgments, Jesus comes back. At the end of the trumpet judgments, Jesus comes back. At the end of the bold judgments, Jesus comes back. So I think they all tie together. So we're about to see the seven trumpet judgments. Okay? And here's the thing that we have to understand. There are seven judgments. Four are directed to the earth, and three are directed to people. And they're called woes. That's why I call woe, woe, woe. That's how it says it. Now, this morning, we're only going to see the first four. We're going to see the ones to the earth. And then later on, we'll see the three to the people, okay? So let's see the first one. If you go down to verse 6, it says, And the the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound it. So here we're going to see the first four. In Revelation 8, we're going to see the first four. And here it is. The first sounded, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the all of the green grass was burned up. And so the first trumpet, there's hail and fire and blood. I think this is in the second half of the tribulation, the last three and a half years. And here it comes. It reminds us of judgments back with, in Egypt when God brought down the hail and the fire and that. But notice there's something weird here. It's not only hail and fire. It's mixed with blood. It is just so unusual. Uh, I found this slide, and it's like the angel blowing, and here comes the hail and the fire and all the stuff coming down. And, I mean, just imagine what it would be like on the earth. And we've already seen so much terrible stuff already happening when this happens. And it says, a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. And then the second angel second angel blows the trumpet, and look what it says. The second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Now, think of all this stuff coming out of heaven, coming to the earth, and it was like this big, great mountain on fire thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. Wow, a third of the sea became blood, and it goes on to say, and a third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third of the ships were destroyed and so this this thing comes down like a great mountain and it says it destroyed a third of the animals they all died a third of the ships were destroyed the water became like blood I mean just think about it and if you if you look at what we've already seen we've already seen a fourth of the people were killed and now we've seen a third of those were killed that takes us down to about half the people in the world have been put to death They've died during this tribulation time period. It's such a terrible time. One of the things we talked about over and over again is we need to be telling people how they can have eternal life by faith alone and Christ alone because if they don't and they don't believe in Jesus and the rapture happens, they're going to be going through this. And we don't want people to go through this. Even if we don't like somebody, you don't want them to go through this. We want people to believe in Jesus and go with us, the rapture. And and this is what's happening on the earth and it's it's gonna be a terrible thing. Well, let's keep going. We've seen the second angel. Here's the third angel. And the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on the third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. Wormwood. And a third of the waters became wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were bitter. Well, here comes this next one. The third trumpet is this great star. It's like a meteor or an angel. Nobody, nobody knows exactly what it was. It, it just says this great star fell from heaven, and and it and and it it talks about how a third of it was just terrible. This slide, it, it, I found a slide that you know somebody drew up what they think it might look like, but that's wormwood coming. And they notice that. This other one, this great mountain, fell into the sea, which is like salt water. But this thing fell into the rivers and the springs of water. This is the water people drink. People got to have this. Well, the name of the star is called Wormwood, verse 11. And the third of the waters became Wormwood. The third of the water in the whole world became bitter that you couldn't drink it, and it was poisonous. And it says, and many men died from the water because they were made bitter. I mean, they were drinking, and they had to drink. I mean, what are they going to drink? And and they start dying. And so the grass and the trees and the sea and the life and the rivers and the people, the judgment is coming, and it's coming terrible. And then here's the fourth one. And look at the fourth trumpet. The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun and a third of the moon and a third of the stars were struck so that a third of them would be darkened. And the day would not shine for a third of it. The night in the same way. And so everything starts happening to the sun and the moon and the stars. And all of this stuff happens to them a, third, a third like of the sun. It's not as bright as as moon. And this reminds us, if you remember, if, and, and let me just show you. That I found this slide. This sort of like It's like the power is not there, the star or the sun. If you remember when we saw at the end of the tribulation, at the end of chapter 6, everything began to happen. The sun and the moon and everything changed. In fact, remember this, Revelation chapter 6 verse 12. I looked when he broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair. And the whole moon became like blood. I think this is the same event. This is the end of the tribulation. You may say, well, what do you think? Well, let's go to Matthew because in Matthew 24, that's where Jesus talks about the tribulation. And here's what Jesus said. But immediately after or at the end of the tribulation of those days, the sun will be what? The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. It'll be darkened. Stars are going to fall from the sky. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So I think that at, right here in this, when all of this we're seeing, we're seeing what's going to happen at the end of the tribulation. It's It's a terrible, terrible, terrible time. And then look at verse 13. Then I looked. And I heard an eagle flying in the mid heaven, saying with a loud voice, whoa, whoa, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. These other angels, first of all, he said there was this eagle flying and I found a picture of this eagle looking like that and they said, whoa, 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 which three angels are about to sound. Now, the woe means something terrible. It means like, oh, it's so terrible. Oh, my goodness, whoa, it's going to be terrible. Well, what is going to be terrible? Well, we don't have time to look at it today, but one of the woes, there's going to be a hole open, an abyss open in the earth, and it opens up and the smoke starts coming out. And then these locust things, these, and we think they're demonic, they come out as well, and there's millions of them. And they have faces like people, and they have hair like women, and they have crowns on their head, and they have teeth like lions, and they have stingers on the back. And they come out, and they begin to sting and hurt people. It's going to be horrible. Then the next woe, the river Euphrates is going to dry up and 200 million demons are coming across. So it, when he says, whoa, 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 it, it's really a woe. The third woe is Jesus is coming back to judge the world. So it's, it's terrible. Well, you'd say, well, when all this is happening, what a, what's the response of people? well, The response of mankind, Revelation 9, 20 through 21, they don't change their minds about anything. Listen to this. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands as to worship demons and the idols of gold and silver and brass and stone. They did not repent of their murders, their sorceries, their immorality, or their thefts. When the judgment came, these people don't say, Oh, I'm turning to God. Remember we saw at the end of chapter 6, they said, hide us from God. Hide us from God. We don't want to see Him. So sometimes people say, well, if there's judgment, people will turn to God. No, not necessarily. We've seen the seventh seal, silence. We've seen the seven trumpet angels come in, three, four for the earth, three for the people. We've seen how these first three all affect the earth and destroy everything. The last three... Are going to be terrible. And we'll get those. Now, we we have a, uh, we'll start it in chapter nine. And so if you want to go ahead and read ahead, chapter nine, uh, in fact, the whole chapter nine gives both the fifth and the sixth trumpet. And that's the two things I just told you about. They're pretty horrible. Well, let's do this. With time left, let's let's talk about some things we can apply. Let's, let's lift up our prayers to God. We saw in this passage that there is this altar of incense, which is the prayers of God, that, that, uh, prayers of people going up to God. And so we can lift up our prayer requests. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So lift them up. Luke 18, 1 says that we want people to always pray and not faint. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, rejoice evermore pray without ceasing so we should be lifting our prayers up look at this i mentioned that god answers our prayers look what he says in isaiah sixty-five twenty-four: it will also come to pass that before they call before they pray i will answer and while they're speaking i will hear listen he already knows before you even say your prayer he knows it he knows everything He's there for you. You can bring any request to him. I want to show you something. You might, we, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Look at this right here. This is in Romans. It says, in the same way, the spirit helps our weakness. What are you talking about? Well, we don't know how to pray as we should. So what happens when we pray? The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings to it, for words. So when you pray and you don't know what to pray and you say, oh Lord, I don't know what to think. He already knows and he, and he intercedes for you and then look what it says. And he who searches the hearts knows that the mind of the Spirit is. That's Jesus. Jesus knows why. Why do we know it's Jesus? Because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Jesus is the intercessor. He's the go-between between the Father and us. So what we really see is that when you pray, the Holy Spirit understands, tells Jesus, Jesus tells the Father. That's how it works. That's why you can come boldly to the throne of grace because Jesus has come before you. He is your Savior. This is how it works. The second thing, let's understand God's judgment and restoration. God is faithful. He's gonna do what he said. And he said there will be a judgment coming and restoration. In John 3 36, we see who believes has life. Who doesn't believe there's judgment. And we see that in the book of Revelation, we see Israel's final seven years to carry out their 490. They've used up 483. That's the tribulation. We see that we, God in His grace, has delivered us from the wrath to come. Let me just say something. And sometimes I haven't, I didn't say it this morning. I used to say it every week. If you read the book of Revelation, you could get scared and say, "Oh gosh, I don't want to be in all that." If you have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life you're not in that. You're the church. The church is the body of Christ. Before the tribulation begins, Jesus Christ is going to take us off the face of the earth. So we don't have to worry about it. We, we don't have to say, I hope I don't, oh, I don't want to go through all this. If you have believed in Christ for eternal life, you don't have to go through any of it. Now, if you've never trusted Christ, if you never believed in him for eternal life and the rapture happens and it could happen at any second, you'll be left here. And you'll be left to go through that. So my prayer is that every one of you in this room, that if you have not believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life, that right where you're sitting right now, you can believe that he died and rose again for you, that he's the one that promises to you eternal life simply when you believe in him for the eternal life. And so right where you're sitting, you can say, Lord, I believe Jesus Christ will give me eternal life. I believe he's my savior. I'm trusting in him and him alone to give me eternal life. And you're saved and saved forever. Wow. Finally, let's be faithful to serve God. We see the angels, they're serving God. Well, we're supposed to serve God. This is our time. We are God's servants. What do you not know? Your bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit is in you. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies. That's our plan. I hope and pray for all of us in this room who know Christ as Savior, that we will live for him, that our lives will count for him.